L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Abaddon, you walk into the street and shadow her. You bump into Akane and Abaddon as they are coming out of this alleyway. How'd it go? Oh, Great! Ooh. Both of you may roll me perception checks. Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck did you do? Time, I didn't do nothing. What is it this time? <laughs> I am perceiving with a... 14. 14. I I guess I'm still a little little tipsy. Um, okay. I got 10. 10. Uh, yeah. Her, you're like on the wrong side to see this, but Shadow, you, you look at Akane, and mm-hmm. you see that the left side of her hair is pulled back over her ear, and she has a half flower wreath that is going around her ear that seems to have been grown there just recently. You sly mm. dog. Um, I'll look at yet. that. Okay. Uh, my eyebrows will kind of go up in slight surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'll turn to Abaddon, and then they'll kind of go back down for a second, and then yeah. I'll look back. <laughs> And then I'll just say, okay. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't know your eyebrows moved. Um, e- yes. And then I'll move them a little bit. Just <laughs> Don't your ears move too? Um, yes. <laughs> and then I kind of flare them they around. Wiggle. He has like elf ears that just sort of, sort of wiggle, but it's like an um, imitation of them. Yeah. Do they have alcohol here? I don't think I was drunk enough to find that out of my shadow. I don't know why that's throwing me, but I do. I was a lot. Uh, where are you going? Uh, what to what booth? Um, we Akane were... screams in this uncomfortable <laughs> voice. We were gonna go on the big ship. Let's go there. Are you okay? Yep. And she walks towards the big <laughs> ship. She walks towards the the. She walks towards the rune rugs that had the uh, the keymasters on them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Two keymasters uh, hold longswords that have that strangely serrated kind of key design on mm-hmm. each side. Um, each stands next to a 10-foot diameter rug with the arcane runes of these teleportation circles stitched into them. When you make it to the front of the line, uh, the keymaster in front of you yawns, steps back for a moment, putting, pulling a small vial on his necklace from beneath his shirt. The liquid inside glows a heavenly yellow, but then he swiftly uncorks it, drains whatever it is into his mouth, places it back under his shirt, and adjusts the collar of his robes with a slight wince. Uh, everybody may make me a history check. Not mm. 20. Oh, actually, not Abaddon. It's okay, Four. I got a three anyway. Yeah. Um, history? Yep. Where's my history? Uh, 25. 25? Holy Ooh. crap. Not 20, baby. Uh, yeah. Um, her, you remember very specifically that as you were repairing 867 a while back, you saw the central mana core of 867, and the color of the mana core looked exactly the same as this potion. I lean up to Shadow and I just say, why is that man drinking mana? I, hmm. Would I have any soldier knowledge of soldiers downing mana? Yeah, uh, so oftentimes it will be cut very specifically for people who cast a ton of spells mm. to be able to make them cast an incredible amount of spells without rest. Um, 
However, they have to be like harshly detoxed like every month to make sure that they don't get mana rot because mana rot is a disease that you can get by overtaking too much mana. Mm. People, just for some context here, mana is essentially in Levitica a drug that you can take that is made to give people magical abilities, right? Because mm. a lot of people who don't have them may want them for some reason, right? And if you don't have homegrown magic, store-bought is fine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the problem with mana is that because you don't know how to channel magic, it eats away at you really quickly, True. right? And so you get like just like completely exhausted and eventually like pieces of you like start to slough off because oh, like, yeah. it just eats your cells from the inside out so they have to be detoxed in order to make sure that they're not getting addicted to mana or that they're overdosing on mana every huh. month but like the people who get it illegally they don't have that same access right so mm -hmm. the, the way that the government does it is very metered and mm -hmm. they give you a certain amount of dosage and they like test you all the time to make sure you're not going over these dosages of mana mm -hmm. if you're a spellcaster. It's really harshly regulated, but people steal mana shipments all the time. I, uh, yeah, knowing all of the, how at least my soldier friends from before yep. would have p probably taken yeah. this sort of stuff, I'd lean back over to her and just say, well, this person this key master seems to need to be casting some teleportation spells quite frequently it's so that they don't run themselves out that's why they drink it yeah yeah wow. specifically oh, shadow imagine sucking at teleportation spells that you need drugs to do it <laughs> that must be so hard <laughs> akana just kind of looks over to you and rolls her eyes <laughs> Uh, Shadow, you specifically remember that on some special missions, Vintner would requisition mana for some of the casters that were in the Nachtwandera because he needed to like have it and on hand if anybody oh. was getting exhausted. Sure. Right? So it's like an energy drink for people who cast spells. Yeah, but don't get too many ideas. It's bad shit. It's bad. Like, yeah. like if if you could ever not take it, you should not take it. It's a very not good thing and last resort. I'm assuming what they're taking is very diluted. Fair enough. The keymaster steps forward and motions you towards the rug. Her. Is it one at a time? He just says, present your articles. Uh... Uh, what what do I? I think I have my orb in my bag on me. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm I'm talking about the things that you've acquired at the booths. Oh, um, I hold up the belt. He says, "Oh, you've got one. You need all of them to go up to the sun sail." <gasps> what? Oh, yes, you got to collect all of them to get up there. I waited in line, and no one told me at the beginning. I'm sorry. It, no, it's you... okay. It's not your fault. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, well, tell you what. Come back with the rest of them, and I will let you go on the sun sail. Okay. I'll keep it in mind, and if I see you, I'll let you to the front of the line quick. Does that sound good? Because yes. you already waited once. <laughs> Thank you. All right, sounds good. You go on and get the rest of your swag, little lady. Swag? Yep. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, bye. And he kind of uh. sits back, and he just kind of, like, sighs in relief that he doesn't have to teleport another person. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Her, if you really want to get up there. 
I can get you up there now. We gotta get all the swag. We probably don't want to raise too many alarms. We gotta get all do. the swag. You heard him. Gotta do it right. I, I will say, there's a lot of great stuff to get. Where and if to? we can have fun on the government's dime, why not? Where to next, then? Well, um, I think there's a play going on. I think there is a bow shooting contest, an arm wrestling contest, and then you can go to the hammerhead and sit in the hammerhead. I think the play sounds good. Well, I was going to see if Shadow wanted to wrestle a peacekeeper. The play sounds great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay All right. Fine. I'll grab, um, <laughs> I want to uh, grab Akane's like loop mm -hmm. her arm, and I'm going to be like, all right, then let's go. Uh, start yeah, she kind of just like nonchalantly puts her arm through yours and she kind of like puts her hand over the top of her head and she ne like kneels her head down like in this very like, I'm trying, but I also like, this is super public and she like, <laughs> she doesn't know how to like act in this moment, but like the, your, your like briskness has like, just like you're taking control and she's following at this point, oh, so. Hey. Yeah. God, I look up at Shadow and I just say, is there something I'm missing between those two? I don't think you're missing anything. I think you're seeing something play out in, in real time. I'm going to look back and wink at Shadow. Like, <laughs> what does it mean? My eyebrows just shoot up. Uh? And then, <laughs> then I just nod back. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you, are you guys talking in code? Yes. Oh! <laughs> You walk uh, maybe about 120 feet away. <laughs> and for the course of, of this, this, you know, this entire fair, there's been a lot of people, but as you get closer to the center of this area that you're walking towards, where you can see a lot of people gathering, there's a lot more people. Uh, you know, in the center of the main street, bisected directly under the Dawn Gate, is an open square, a wide gathering place that would normally be reserved for stalls and traders that are passing through, but right now is completely covered by a circular stage. On the stage are three people putting some kind of performance on. One is a male elf with dark olive skin and red hair, strutting around in battered and ragged clothes. Another is a woman with a white mask, and upon closer observation, you can see that she keeps casting spells on the mask, changing it to look like different people, apparently playing everyone who is not the red-haired man. <laughs> Additionally, she wears a long black set of robes to cover up all of her, uh, of her body. The third is a dragonborn man with an extravagant set of clothing and white scales, similar to some of the other captains you've seen around, similar to Captain Ferris. Hmm. Um, he has an announcer's voice, holding a wand to his throat and booming his voice throughout the entire square. Guys, I've never been to a play before. Same. And then... The fearsome Medulla would go straight up to one of them in the dead of night and steal their minds, hands over their face. He would pull their souls out of their body and put an avian in it. Then the woman takes her mask off and touches it to the red-haired man's hands, and when she pulls it back, it has a menacing smile and pointed teeth on it. In one fell swoop, he had reduced our country's population and bolstered his own forces. This man, uh, who is the olive-skinned, uh, uh, red-haired elf, very specifically is Medulla, uh, laughs maniacally. Ha 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 And the woman joins in with him. 
The announcer continues on, For months he did this! At least one person a day! The powers of these horrors go beyond measure! He has to be stopped! Levitica needed a hero! Levitica needed Captain Longinus! <laughs> the woman transforms her face again, this time into a very chiseled masculine visage, and she throws off her robe to reveal a set of battle mage armor, chest plate blocky and strong, a sword attached to her hip. The crowd roars up into cheers as she does so, and Medulla just says out loud, the actor playing Medulla, Captain, your bravery and renown are legendary, but even you cannot defeat me. Even if you slay me with that sword, I will only return to the weave, and in time, I will continue my work, whether it be in one year, or ten, or a thousand! And then the actress playing Captain Longinus shakes her fist at the sky and growls. (laughs) The announcer then repeats, He was right. There was nothing he could do. Was he really protecting Levitica forever if he defeated Medulla right now? Or was he just delaying the inevitable? Captain Longinus knew what he had to do. He had to find a way to defeat Medulla. Once and for all! And then the actor playing Medulla leaves the center of the stage and starts walking around the edge and scaring audience members in the crowd around it, very much uh, trying his best to just, like, be this like mildly scary but like also oh I don't want to scare the kids too much kind of scenario Mm -hmm. Um, and as this happens the actress playing Longinus paces around looking for something Abaddon's gonna pull their hood up and like cover as much as they can with their poncho Um, and kind of retreat into themselves you retreat in and when you do that Akane kind of bundles up next to you and once you stop being this assertive, confident, comforting figure, they immediately take the role, and they come in and they start to uh, become this this m- this point of comfort for you. Uh, I also sort of like just sort of like obscure myself behind shadow, but still peek my head out and like yeah. watch at least a yeah. little bit curiously. Yeah, yeah. I'd be uh, clapping along with some of the play, but not like yeah. agreeing with it. Yeah. Just like because you're mm-hmm. trying to blend in, kind of scenario. Yeah. yeah. Captain Longinus looked far and wide and could not find anything. He thought he would have to settle for delaying his people's suffering. But in his time of need, a Levitican lithomancer, Hirin, came to Captain Longinus and gave him a weapon that only a lithomancer could create. A new man walks up from the crowd and hands a long bident spear made of stone twisted into a crystal spiral at its top and gives that to the actress playing Captain Longinus. His greatest and final weapon, Hirin put his heart and soul into that spear. Literally, as he gave it to Captain Longinus, he passed away, knowing his sacrifice would save his people. The actor who plays Hirin hands the spear to Captain Longinus and then goes, and then he falls over and dies. <laughs> the crowd goes like really quiet and solemn in this moment as they're obviously like really into it. Um, and yes, I think Shadow clapping. at this moment like is clapping and then like realizes, oh fuck, I should stop. <laughs> but what could the spear of Hirin do? Surely a weapon that cost the hero of Levitica their life was incredible. 
And indeed it was. Hirin granted his spear the ability to separate an Avian soul into the pieces it was made from, and then disperse it across the weave, never to form again! Captain Longinus holds the spear in awe. Ooh, ah, the crowd looks out and immediately is inspired by this prop. The announcer continues, Captain Longinus traveled back to the fearful mind thief, Medulla, once again, and the villain laughed. And Medulla, once again, very, like, podunk and silly, <laughs> goes, ha, 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 The announcer continues, but little did the horror know, he was undone. He was to become but a memory, a story for the future generations of Leviticus, a point in history to show how the people of this country fight for one another and keep each other in their hearts, no matter the cost. And at this moment, when he starts describing this, Captain Longinus and Medulla start stage fighting, but it's obvious they've never been trained in stage fighting. Huh. So they're kind of just whapping each other really softly with these different weapons, and it's really bad. <laughs> it's not good at all. And it's very obvious that these people need some serious acting classes. <laughs> uh, the battle was long, and the ebb of combat weighed heavily on Captain Longinus, but in the end, he knew he had to succeed, no matter the cost. So he threw himself and the spear at Medulla in one final blow, and with a strike through the heart, sheared Medulla's soul into a thousand pieces, never to return to our homeland again! And Medulla falls to the ground, the prop spear held by their arms at the chest of themselves, speared by the crystal tip, and Captain Longinus stands victorious, a single foot on Medulla's chest, fist raised high, the crowd cheers, once again and the players take a bow and everyone claps for them as they do so mm, kind of thank you everyone for coming to watch our play about this national hero he wait and then right as he says wait someone walks onto the stage dressed in military regalia holding a giant Biden spear in his hand, the real spear of Hedin. Oh my, folks, it's the real Captain Longinus! The crowd, one more time, woo, starts cheering, and Captain Longinus, uh, the real one, holds up his hand, ushering the crowd to quiet. Captain Longinus says, These people have given a wonderful performance. Give them another round of applause. And the crowd erupts into applause one more time, their joy revived by Captain Longinus's presence. The announcer realizes that Captain Longinus is trying to speak, and he runs over to him and holds the wand <laughs> to Captain Longinus's throat. Uh, and Captain Longinus turns to the announcer and says, Thank you. His voice booming out much louder now. These people have put on a lovely show, but I must say, the actual events were a little different. It wasn't as spectacular, and it wasn't as glorious. We lost many good people to Medulla, and it was gruesome. It was hard. And I am only the pinnacle of this story, and he gestures to the players, because of all of those that helped me along the way. I am glad to be here to talk to you, because as heartwarming as the end of this story is, it was only a victory because of people like you. I am here today 
in honor of them. And I am here today in honor of you. You, the people of Levitica, can save people just like those that gave their lives to stop Medulla. The sad truth of it is, they could be anyone. Any person in this country could be an Avian, and they may not even know it. So if you feel like someone you know is an Avian, say something. Alert your local authorities. We can get them tested and cataloged as to if they are an Avian or not, quickly and painlessly. You, the people of Levitica, are the true bastion between our country's safety and the perils of the forces beyond. So now, I want one more applause. Not for me. Not for them. But for yourselves. You are the true heroes of Levitica. And you are the true defenders of our home. And as he says that, the crowd one more time erupts into applause as all of them feel this like welling sense of patriotism and, and camaraderie come together and well them with this 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 uh, sense of um, coagulation through all of them feeling like this man, this hero is lifting them up to be the heroes of this story. Everyone cheers and immediately as everybody starts cheering, Akane just goes, ugh. And she turns and starts pulling Abaddon away from the center of this, this play. Um, I'll turn back and grab her's hand and pull her as well if I can. Yeah. I'll grab Shadow's hand and pull Shadow as well. Daisy train our way out of here. Um, I'm going to linger for a second and just stare at the captain. Does he look familiar at all to me? Captain Longinus? Mm-hmm. Um, roll me a history check. I imagine him as like the Giga Chad meme. <laughs> when you said like really cut like masculine mm, nine truthfully you can roll this with advantage okay oh 17 I'm curious if because he said that this like what was presented mm-hmm. was very boiled down yeah to Accentuate. I mean, it's it's like a war movie. It's yeah, propaganda. right. Yeah, yeah, it's propaganda. Right, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, do I recognize him? And was I involved? Yeah, in any of that. You specifically remember the accounts of Medulla, right? This was a real Avian, mm-hmm. right? And they were obviously very dangerous. Truthfully, the the skinny of the the situation is that Medulla would basically go to people citizens in Leviticus, mm-hmm. and he would wipe their mind to the extent that they were essentially dead. And then he would pull an avian out of the weave and put it into that body, and he was making more avians by killing Levitican people. Oh. What really is the scenario is that was the impetus, the start of the idea of metempsychosis. They watched Medulla do that, and they started to think, what if we could do that the other way around? Mm. Hmm. Okay. You you remember that, mm-hmm. and then you look back to Captain Longinus, and you've been in the Army for a while, right? Your Shadow's like something like 65 years old at this point, right? You remember a long time ago, 
you saw this human. He wasn't... He wasn't a, a fighter. This human, this Captain Longinus, mm-hmm. he was an actor hired by the government to go around and portray different people in different cities and be like this like high-ranking person in the military to persuade people to join. Mm-hmm. You know for a fact that he has never fought anyone. And you know for a fact that Captain Longinus, like, that's a fucking story that did not happen. Something else happened. You don't know what happened Mm -hmm. because you weren't in on that specific, you know, job. Mm -hmm. This guy's an actor. Just as much as the players are actors. But they were set up to play this thing bad on purpose so that he could sound better when he came up after them. Gotcha. I'd, uh, yeah, her would pull on Shadow's hand to, like, Mm -hmm. go, and I'd hold that lingering gaze, and that would happen. All of that would play out, and I'd just, like, look around, and my eyes would scan the stage. I don't know if he, uh, the actor, is, Mm -hmm. like, standing there, like getting accolades from the people in the crowd or anything like that. Yeah, he starts walking around and talking to individual people in the crowd after they're all applauding. They go up to him, they start thanking him. People are sobbing, crying, exclaiming their joy, you know, talking about this story that these people have done, this 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 great and incredible, you know, value that this man has given them, and it's a fucking lie. Yeah, uh, Shadow would kind of quietly mimic the sound that Akane made and uh, turn to the group and just let's go to the next thing this if I had a mouth to leave a bad taste in this would be disgusting Let's stop at another bar first. I need a shot of something. I don't really want to do this anymore. Um, Avedon's going to spit on the ground as we're leaving. Okay. Uh, are you doing it stealthily? Yes. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. I had to think about that. Yeah. I think I could fight someone right now, but I don't think that'd be wise. Also, my spellbook is hot. Mm-hmm. I had a 20 in stealth. Yeah, you still got like two or three hours. You got two hours left on your spellbook. So, yeah. Yeah, we can't. 20? Yeah. You you immediately just on the ground, hawking it, like straight into the dirt. And Akane sees, steps around it, but you don't think anyone else saw you. Um, what do you all do? Abaddon and Akane, we can't leave because I'm getting a free spell in my spell book, and they have people doing it for me. So we have like, and she thinks, maybe two hours and... Three minutes left before. Is there a bar on the street? Or a bar cart? There is, yes. We can go to it if you'd like. Just quickly. All right. We won't leave her, I promise. You'll get your spell. Yeah, I'll tail up the, the group. Um, yeah. Again, uh, looking around, seeing if there's anybody very interested mm-hmm. in our group. Yeah, go ahead and roll me a perception check. 13. 13. I mean, 
you're not an unimposing group, but because you, you almost find security in the mass of people that exist around you. Sure. You don't think that anyone's explicitly tailing you, if that's what you're worried about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you don't find anyone tailing you. Okay. Yeah. Should we- it, you don't think that it's been long enough for, like, even if any word got out about what happened at Eden, it's been too quick of a time for it to, like, be disseminated out into the military as a whole to, like, look for anyone like that. Sure. It's, like, way too quick. It's it's not possible at this current moment. Because you being in the military for so long, you know how fast that information moves. It's too quick. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't, no one would have the knowledge to look for you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have the cover of a lot of people. It's not happening right now. Okay. Gotcha. Although, to be fair, I'm guessing you're probably taller than a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah. Seven foot four. No big deal. Beef. Um, Should we just go back to storm brewing? We can if you'd like. Um, I just thought it would be... <sighs> Were the other stalls as bad as that? I mean, there's like arm wrestling, there's shooting, there's sitting in a fucking... Who wants to bet the arrow shooting is a dummy of iron you have to hit? We could check it out. At least the the giants were nice. They were really nice when they got this belt, and he got a belt too. I did. Does it even does it fit on you? Does it fit on Shadow? No. Oh no! Makes a good collar. Hey, Shadow's got what? a choker. <laughs> it's like it just says he's got a choker that just says Leviticus strongest soldier. <laughs> I'm Leviticus strongest soldier. <laughs> Shadow's hype beast era. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Time to get a dangly earring. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go to Top Shot? Um, I'd look around at all of them, and uh, I'm not. If we don't want to go there, when we when we get there, we can just leave. If we don't want to stay. Exactly. I know I'm not the best shot. I mean, I also really just want to see you arm wrestle a peacekeeper because I want to know who's stronger. <sighs> we Let's can do that. Go to top shot. Okay. Bondog, Val, you've been here all day. And as you sit, you hear the chimes of the church. Nine times. Arno sits up, just says, shit. And he stands and grabs his his uh, his staff and he runs into the living room. He says, Bondog, let's go. And he gra- he goes over and, and, and gets you. He runs around. He says, where's Val? Well, I'm, I'm here. You, you're, you're, so you come in back from the outside yep. through the back door, and he says, "All right, um, ready?" Is Gray not coming? I'm kidding. Uh, she's <laughs> a, I mean, Mom, and she just says, "Oh no, I, I think I'll stay here." <laughs> and yeah. she kind of pets him. It was the a cat. joke. You're fine. <laughs> um, she smiles up at you. Yeah, let's uh, hand, hand on shoulders, I guess, and I'll rip this. Yes, uh, and you all. Link in some way. Arno puts his hand on your shoulder, Val, and one on Bondog's shoulder. Okay. That was my rip sound. And you <laughs> rip up this card, and immediately you almost like it's quiet, oddly enough. Like, I think that all the other teleports that we've kind of done before have been like this crack, yeah. right? 
but this one specifically is very much just like the tearing of paper. Just... And then... Lilith. You find that you are just staring out, looking at that door. And... You hear... These boots hit the ground behind you. You turn around, you see Bondog has hefted his weight onto the ground that is right next to you. Val and Arno are there as well. Hello, friends. Nicely done. You made it. I did it. Uh, I, Val affixes the Naomi's mask mm-hmm. and the hood. Uh, um, Lilith, you are still ethereal as well. Yes. Um... Bandak, can I have my necklace back, please? Absolutely. Take it from him. Put it on. Hmm. Everybody make me a perception check. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> uh, 16 plus 6, 22. Nice. Lilith. 9. Bandak. Eight. Eight. Okay. Uh, I would say that for most of you, it is, um, you're, you're jarred, right? You see that long room, the, these tanks of broken glass stained on the ground with some sort of, um, you know, long evaporated fluid. Um, the back of this, this whole room is blown out. It's cold outside. The draft pulls in, right? And... Everybody fails to notice this, save for Val, right? Val, you hear through the hallway this feminine voice muffled through the doors on the opposite end of the cavern. Um, Distinctly for you, because you rolled higher than a 20, you know that you hear Nefreya on the opposite side of those doors. Val holds a finger up to the mouth, mm-hmm. points to the door, flips a card, walks to the door. Okay. The cavern is roughly 50 feet wide, and so you must walk across the entirety of the cavern to get to the opposite end to where the iron doors are. Your perception your perception check was high, yeah. very high, very high. So um, <laughs> do all of you walk across the cavern with um, Val? I, I do. Okay, yeah. sure. He gave me he gave me the indication to do so. Yeah, sure. Everybody, roll it. me a stealth check. No. Nice. Why? Why? Nine. Okay. I have you beat with seven. Nice. <laughs> Um, well, I have you both beat with six. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I I just... could make it a tw- or I could make it a twenty-one. Arno got a. Five. Hey! <laughs> um, Eight, seven, six, well, five. We're just, <laughs> we're just belching and farting yeah. our way across the hallway. Just walking across. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, I mean, luckily for you, Nefreya rolled real low on her. Yes! Oh. <laughs> uh, I rolled at disadvantage because she is currently preoccupied. Um, however, as you all start moving towards this door, you hear... Um, you could have done, been out of here months ago. 
I could have sent you out of this place whenever, you, in whatever way you could have survived. Oh, shit. But you were impatient about using your necromantic powers. Now Veroglassiant knows that you hold more value here than in a ditch somewhere. Now tell me, what did you do? Where did your scar come from? How did you come back from the dead? There's no dancing around it. The clerics have already told us of what you can do. You hear no response, and then you hear chains being winched. Hmm. I'm going to try and open the door in in sync with the chains sure. to use that to cover the sound. Okay, yeah. Um, roll me a stealth check on that one. That's better. 13. 13, okay. Uh, you open the door. And as you do so, it, there's not a lot of sound that comes from this door. It's more like a, like a, like almost like a sifting of sand, right? But you try and push it open at the same beat, right? You hear the first chain, you're like, this is it. And then push, and then push, and you try and do that. Um, as you look through, you see a, a hallway. You look into the middle of the, in the middle of this hallway, and you see that there are, um, it's it's stone carved through the entire way. However, on the left side, you see one opening that is covered over with iron bars, right? There are many openings in here, and it looks like there are construction materials in this hallway to formulate all of these other openings into cells. However, only one has been converted so far, right? The one that you do see has a, a winch outside of it that has chains that are wrapped around it. Um... Additionally, you can pretty much see completely into this cell. Bandag, Lilith, you have never seen the man in the cell before. But even if you had, you would not recognize him now. This man can only be described as an emaciated half-corpse. He is thin, incredibly so. He is only wearing simple garments to cover his pelvis, but is unclothed in all other areas. His hair is a matted reddish pink, and it only just covers a maroon crescent moon tattoo on his forehead. His skin is pale white and pulled tight across his bones and what meager muscle he has left. His right arm is very, cleanly, very clearly necrosist and black. There is no muscle left, and his hand has crumpled in to a bald fist out of the fact that the entirety of his physicality has shrunken in on itself. Dark, hollow, desaturated maroon eyes peer through clumps of long brown hair, burrowing holes into this tiefling woman. This woman, once again, blue-skinned tiefling, she has horns that come up over the top of her head. As she talks to him, she kind of turns around and, and paces in front of this, this cell. You can see that she has no cuts underneath her eyes. She's very different from the other tieflings that you've seen here so far. Currently, this man is chained to the middle of the room. Wrists held there with manacles that have obviously become proportionally larger with time as he has lost mass in his arms. 
The one meant for his right hand has completely fallen off as his arm is too thin and his bones too brittle to actually provide any resistance to them. You see a winch outside of his cell that holds a reel of chain, and you can surmise that if it were turned, it would pull the chains to the center of the room through a port in the floor until he could no longer move. Orion turns back towards this woman, Nefreya. And you hear, I did all your work for you. I did everything you asked and you betray me. Every time I stick my neck out for people, I always end up getting beheaded. Estelle, you... Everyone. Um, as he says everyone, uh, I am going to cast Hold Person on Nefreya. <laughs> okay. I just whip a Let's card from across go. the room. <laughs> you all hear this cracking sound as Val whips a card towards her. Uh, what does she need to roll? Uh, she needs to make a wisdom saving throw or be paralyzed for the duration. A wisdom saving throw. Oh, no. What's your roll? Okay, uh, a wisdom saving throw. Let me tell you, she's got really good wisdom saves, and it's, I believe that it's a three. Oh, that's not gonna do oh. it. Oh. Uh, yeah. That, oh Everybody's my god. Everybody's rolling shit you, today. You just see both of you watch this car. It's almost like Val was standing at the doorway, but no, neither of you were really focused on him because this is a gruesome sight, right? This man is is horrifically maintained. Um, obviously not by any fault of his own, but it is. Almost like watching a train wreck, right? It's like hard to be like, wow, frick. Like this guy has a lot of, he's struggling, right? Right as that happens, a card strikes her and she just and locks up. Val looks like a completely different person. Like even against the fight against the dragon, like he was having fun. No, no, no. He's just, stealth is out the window. He's literally just throws the card as he just walks in the room and walks right at Nefreya and says, I wouldn't say every time you stick your neck out. You just hear these very soft, <laughs> uh, as this this like this emaciated man on the floor legitimately like lights up, but only in the way like he, like it looks like it takes all of his energy to like just portray joy. It's good to see you. You look like shit. Uh, I wish I had energy for a funny comeback. Uh, Val, as Val <laughs> saying this, you watch as he takes one of his cards and begins to fold it into a small square. Mm-hmm. And he goes over to Nefreya as he smiles at Orion. She looks out at you as you do this, and she just... How long is this? the duration of Hold Person? A minute. A minute, okay. Um, she's just standing there, mouth agape and unable to move, but her eyes track you as you move I around. I pull open the mask yeah and move the bandana as i stare directly into her eyes her and say eyes remember me go wide and they stare into the gaping black hole in your head i open her mouth and i put the card in it okay. and i close her mouth and i go that's going to detonate in about a minute you have a minute to tell me where my friends are. 
Do you release her mouth to talk to you? I do. Okay. Um. Hmm. So did you like tuck it in her cheek or yeah. something like that? Yes. Okay. She looks towards you and she just says, how do I know that you won't just kill me anyways? You don't. That's the game. Roll me a persuasion check. Uh, 12 plus 7, 19. Okay. Okay. I think this is the first time you've truly seen any fear in Nefreya's eyes. Good. Um, That's what I want. Even in the moments where she saw that dr- dragon, mm. I don't think you were alive at that point. However, when oh, she, I was definitely fading. When yeah. she was when she was there, it was definitively um, like unease, but not fear. Right now, you see fear, and she just says, "I gave them to the to Vintner, and he took them to." That's all I know. That was part of the deal. How do you contact Vintner? I go to the embassy. He comes here. Hmm. When was the last time you spoke with him? We speak every... Um... Sorry. Um... We speak every last day. What day is it today? Um... That was Jackson to Alan? Yeah, um, tomorrow is last day. Oh, okay, so you'll meet with him tomorrow. But that is the plan. Hmm. So he'll be there. That is the plan. Hmm. Um, Orion, how has uh, she been treating you? <laughs> well, you know, three square. A good long, you know, whipping never hurt no one. Hmm. I detonate the card. Her entire head explodes. Melf's Melf's mini-meteors. As these spiraling cards just come out of the center card, and it's like there is just spray of body matter and brain and gray all across the room. As these four, or no, ten cards, six, ten? Uh, it is... I think, I think it's six. Six. Six cards just explode outwards in all directions from the inside of her head. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted me to w- roll 12d6. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, it's w- way cooler if we don't. Her body just <laughs> slams onto the ground. Oops. She lost the game. What's the easiest way to uh, release this guy from the the chains currently now his left hand is winched directly into the ground like it's like almost like his wrist is about to break because the the manacles are pulled so tightly into the ground um right now you the winch is full of chains so you could undo the chain and then you could you could maybe walk into the cell and figure out something um you don't have a key if i take my axe to the chain will it damage my axe i would say no it's magical i have some thieves tools um, oh I'm going to go ahead and take my chain to my axe to that chain. Okay. Roll me an attack roll. I'm going to go through Nefreya's pockets. Okay. <laughs> you search through Nefreya's pockets. Uh, and and you can have, I mean, you hit, what am I making you roll an attack roll for? You hit 
you've hit things that are stationary so many sure. times. It's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, you. Thank for, God. For the sake for the sake of uh, of brevity, you go over to the chain and you kind of actually um, like you brace your foot against the chain and you place it kind of like against one of the 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 bars mm-hmm. and then you you basically make it as taut as you can and then you come down hard and you slam into it and the chain breaks in half. Great. Um, as you rifle through Nefreya's pockets, um, uh, you do so covered in blood and, and gray matter. Yeah, and as fine. you do so, you, you grab the keys out of her pocket. Yeah. Like a, I take a card and cast Prestidigitate to like yeah. move the blood and it's like yeah. a magnet. Yeah. So like as I move it over, all yeah. the blood just like yeah, pulls it's like feral like fluid congeal. that exactly. just pulls onto the card. Lilith is a little green, yeah, um, but is gonna approach Orion. You approach because, the bars, yeah, because Lilith actually knows this guy. Yeah, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's he kind of like you see his eyes kind of focus in on you and like recognizes a little bit. He's like, I've seen your face somewhere. I, I just can't place it. I sent you back. What? I sent you back. Wait, what? <laughs> you did what? Is how I knew that he was your person. Do you remember? Y- yes. That is Orion. I, I know that man. Um, I guess I didn't know that's how that worked. Um, I take I, the keys. Do I have you to thank for this? And he kind of like waves his necrosist arm at you. I could only do so much. You're terrible at your job. Yeah. <laughs> he looks over to you, Val, and he just says, I think I like this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Uh, I saw you. You grabbed me and you pulled me. So that was actually you, not the weird Naomi fever dream? I I can't. I made an executive yes. decision. It was, hmm. I, I did, I did. Like he's he's tired, like yeah. so tired, like just like he's trying to give you like coherent answers, but it's like obviously taking a ton of effort out of him, and he just kind of like laughs ever so slightly, um, huh? And he just he sits there and he just says, "Oh, when Vero Glossian finds out about this, she's gonna sever me. You'll be long gone by then." Why? Well, we're going to get you out of here. What are you talking about? No, my life force. Remember, I can only stay alive when I'm tied to a magical force. I can't. I, I won't be tied to Vero Glaciant anymore. I'll be dead anyway. Um, I look down at the cut. Okay. How, mag- how magical is this? Got to be very if it's bringing me back, right? I don't, I don't know. D- don't look at me. Um, I'm gonna cast detect magic on the cut. It's luminous, very, very like you. It's definitively uh, incredibly. Magical. I, I uh, take it off. Okay, and I walk over to Orion. Sure. And I, Violet, I don't know what it will do. Put it around his, put it around his neck. You put it around his neck. Um, he kind of like sits there with it. Um, he starts pulling the chains, and as he does so, he flops onto the ground towards the right side. The only thing that was really keeping him upright was being pulled into the ground, 
and he just kind of falls down, and the chain just starts unfurling as he pulls away from the center port in the ground. Um, he tries to sit back up, but it's it's impossible. He's He doesn't have the ability to. You move over, and you lay the cut on him. And as you do, He just says, I never knew you to be a romantic, Valros. <laughs> Shut up and attach your life force to the damn coin, <laughs> the floating specter says. <laughs> he, lo- he looks up at you and he just laughs again. He just says, I think we deserve a soft epilogue, my love. We may not always have been good people, but I think we've suffered enough. Mm. No, I don't think we've suffered enough yet. Just (laughs) attach your life force to the damn coin. (laughs) Do it. uh, He kind of like pulls his hand up and he grabs at the coin with his right hand, bones, broken, arm, necrosis, like there is nothing. But for some reason, he knows that that's the correct hand to grab it with, right? Mm-hmm. As he does so, he he finds the strength to wrap his fingers around the cut. And when he does, his fingers start to fade the black recedes the necrosis recedes his bones disintegrate and he just looks down and he just goes oh fuck that's not good (laughs) uh wait what what's happening his his hand is disintegrating yeah wait why his it's going all the way down to his elbow and as he does so as it does so you see immediately as it reaches his elbow the cut attaches itself to the stump of his arm and then out of the stump where the cut is attached a spectral golden hand shoots out of it oh and that that seems good just goes oh fuck and then his entire body just sort of like surges for a moment as he convulses on the ground his hair turns golden and the crescent moon on his forehead becomes in itself this glitterance of bronze and he just looks up and as he does so his eyes turn this like vibrant fall yellow he sits there and he just says I can't feel her anymore I can't feel her anymore I can't and he topples onto the ground. And he is exhausted and out of energy and unconscious. But alive. But he is alive. Val looks at his friends and goes, All right, now how the fuck do we get out of here? 